You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, hello and welcome back to your new, unimproved and now weekly Attaboy Clarence show. Hello to you. Such a crazy last few months. Intense work on the latest Secret History of Hollywood show, part two of Bullets and Blood, which is out now, and I have to say has been flying off the shelves, so thank you for downloading. Talking of downloads, hit rather an impressive milestone during my off-air period. Back at the end of April, The Secret History of Hollywood hit a quarter of a million downloads. Over just eight episodes, that's pretty good going. Since then, it has crept up and is now threatening to cross the 300,000 download mark. Incredible. Thank you to everyone that subscribes to it. Unfortunately, I don't have the same information about Attaboy Clarence because this show is hosted on my website which doesn't offer up the same information, but let's just suppose it's had, oh, I don't know, a billion downloads. In fact, a billion and six. Hooray! Also, would like to give a quick hello and a wave to all new patrons of the shows. Thank you for signing up. Truly wonderful of you. Of course, even during my long absence, I've been sending out bonus episodes to all you patrons who pledged four ninety nine a month. So you don't know what all this absence fuss is about, do you? You're still sick to the back teeth of me. From San Francisco comes... Rice, a roly, the San Francisco treat. Rice, a roly, the flavor can't be beat. One pan, no boiling, cooking ease. The flavor that is sure to please. Rice Aroni, the San Francisco treat. Rice Aroni, the delicious break from potatoes, now in six fabulous flavors. Rice Aroni, the San Francisco treat. So sad that people feel the need to embellish their audio output with needless sound effects. How's about a Canterbury? Canterbury. Oh, just quickly, I mentioned this on a recent patron show, but for any fans of old-time radio and films and everything else, you all need to head on over to dieselpunkindustries.com, my new preferred way of consuming this stuff. You will find radio and movies and TV shows and cartoons and serials, and it's all free and it's all very, very sexy to use. Dieselpunkindustries.com, trust me. On that theme, Jack from the Down These Mean Streets podcast has been keeping up this stellar work. And his latest show features, of all things, an old-time radio reconstruction of the infamous Black Dahlia murder case. So do go and check that out. Very interesting stuff. Hey, here's a new part of the show. I get a lot of questions on email and Twitter and everything. Some to do with these podcasts and some just completely random ones. So I thought, why not throw them all together into a large pot and answer them on air, I thought. That's right, if you have a question about anything at all that you'd like answered during the show, go to attaboyclarence.com and scroll down the homepage until you find the questions section and throw in a question. And what would this pot full of questions be called? Asked no one at all. Maybe you have a question. Well, throw it into the question pot. Strangely, there is no next line. Well, maybe I'll read your question out on the show, or maybe not. Now, here's someone with a handbell. Yes, the question pot, the name of which always needs to be spoken with the chamber pot effect added, I think. Throw a question into the question pot, and I'll answer it on this show. Incredibly, considering I only thought of this yesterday, the response has been pretty amazing. I have a whole pot full of questions already. The question pot is well and truly open for business, it seems. So I stick my hand down into the pot and pluck for myself a question thus. 
Yes. This is from Betsy Patch. Great name there. You sound like a reporter for the Daily Planet. Okay, so Betsy Patch writes: Is there a website you recommend for purchasing DVDs of classic films? I can't find Tovarich and several other films you mention anywhere. Well, Betsy, I'm going to let you and everyone else here in on a secret. If you can't find the films you're looking for on Amazon, then there are a few other avenues to try. Get yourselves a pencil and paper ready, and take all this down. Firstly, try YouTube. You'd be surprised at how many old movies are there. Failing that, search on Google for the film you want. For example, type Tovarich 1937, and when the results appear, click on the Videos tab. Most of the time, this will work, but as you'll see if you specifically try Tovarich, it doesn't come up in the results there. That's when you should try a site called VHD. dot com. That's V E E H D. dot com. This site contains a huge number of movies, new and old. But to view them, you will need to sign up and log in. The logging in is the important part. The videos will not play unless you are logged in. Failing that, you should try a site called Rarefilm. dot com. Now that's spelled R A R E F I L M M. dot com. So a double M. At the end, this site is basically the holy grail for film collectors. Look through, and you'll see what I mean. It's no surprise that this site is called RareFilm.com, as it's packed with really hard-to-find films, Tovarich included, as well as some films that I'd given up hope on long ago. So there you are. Between those four methods, you should be able to find any old film you're interested in. Happy hunting! Let's just reach into the question pot again, and what do we have here? A question from Paul Robinson, who asks: Hi, Adam. Who is your most overrated actor or actress of the golden age? Ooh, Paul. I somehow don't see myself escaping this question alive. I'm bound to upset someone if I answer it, but okay. <laughs> Let's just be clear, though. This actor is not someone I dislike. I love certain performances he's given, but I do think that he is overrated when held up alongside some of his contemporaries, who I feel were a little more consistent, shall we say? Anyway, it's Orson Welles. I like lots of what he did, but I think he is slightly overrated. Please don't hit me. Another question from the pot. This time from Crocoduck P. Worrell, who asks: If you found yourself in a real jam. And needed to hire a private detective. Which detective from either classic TV, film, or radio would you choose? What a great question! Well, for me personally, it'd have to be Nick and Nora Charles. I could hide out at their apartment and drink cocktails with Nora all day while Nick went out sleuthing. They would just be so on your side, wouldn't they? Plus, all the booze and all the wisecracking would probably make me forget my woes. I'd love to hear your answers to that question too. So send them in. Okay, last question from the question pot for today. This is from Joel Torres, who poses the question: I'd love to hear about more older science fiction productions, but I'm not sure how many radio plays were made about that subject. Have you seen the movie Imagine That? It has the weirdest stereotype character, that of a Swedish immigrant, who I find fascinating. Well, Joel, you mentioned the movie Imagine That. I think you may mean Just Imagine from 1930. I'm not surprised you misremembered the title. I too have that trouble with this film for some reason. I usually remember it as Imagine This. Anyway, incredibly, by sheer coincidence, I watched Just Imagine a few weeks ago with the express purpose of reviewing it on this very show. So more on that film later. As for your question about sci-fi radio plays, there were loads of them. You had Buck Rogers and Space Patrol and anthology shows like Dimension X, which is great fun to listen to. I have to say though, my personal favorite science fiction radio series from that era is X Minus One, which was actually a 1955 revival of Dimension X. And which contains some absolutely brilliant stories from the likes of Ray Bradbury and Philip K. Dick. Some incredibly thought-provoking fiction, which always seem to lean on larger themes than just ray guns and aliens. 
In fact, again, by sheer coincidence, the radio offering this week is an astounding episode of X-1 that I've been wanting to play for a long time. So your question has arrived just at the right moment, Joel. Stick around till later on. Anyway, if you have a question, go to attaboyclarence.com and scroll down the homepage to the questions section and throw a question into the question pot. So throw your flipping questions into the shiny question pot. You might hear your question next time. So until then, get your thinky cap on for the question pot. Okay, that's the end. And talking of catchy tunes... so classy. Well, on to some movies then. Two to tell you about today. The first one is as mad as a box of frogs. 1941's Lady Scarface, starring Judith Anderson. Yes, Australian actress Judith Anderson. Most famous, of course, for playing Mrs. Danvers in Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca. Well, here she plays Slade, the leader of a gang of murdering robbers who've just committed an armed holdup. I'd like to give you a picture of yourself. Lying in a ditch by the side of the road. Oh, you, you wouldn't do that to me. I will if you get too hot to carry. Look out, it's a railroad crossing. No, it ain't. It's a police block. They got that radio message. Hold tight. You'll flag us up. Well, for some brain-frattling reason, the gang decide to post their stolen money to a fake name, Mary Jordan at a hotel and pick it up later, but the police intercept their plans and lie in wait for them. The problem is that an innocent girl named Mary Jordan has checked into the hotel and ends up with the gang's money. Suddenly, the police think she's guilty of the holdup, while behind the scenes, Slade's gang prepare to strike and take back their cash. Such a weird film. It starts with a quite brutal hold-up in which a man is killed in very cold blood, followed by a car chase and some rather gritty gang drama. Then all of a sudden, the whole thing turns on its head. Dennis O'Keefe is called in to investigate and spends the entire film arguing with and falling in love with the female reporter who wants to get the scoop on the crime. Then, when the action switches to the hotel, things get very strange. You have misunderstandings, mistaken identities, romantic comedy, and then to really twist your melon. Who should show up to provide some comedy but Eric Bloor, who plays a genteel dog breeder? I've a bit of a pet shop here around the corner. Hartford's the name. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> As for you, Constable, I think it's contemptible of you to deprive the poor little fellows of our home. Get out. Get very well. Au revoir, gendarme. None of that, none of that. I have to be honest with you. Uh, Judith Anderson's refined Australian accent doesn't really fit in a gangster movie. You going to leave this guy here to yap to the police? When we leave here, his yapping days are over. Arthur Shields pops up here too, and his Irish accent doesn't really fit either. That watchman, he gave him that dope. Boss, you put me right behind the eight ball every time you send me out. This town's plenty hot for us, and you know it. But hideously inappropriate accents aside, it's a film that's quite hard to hate, really. It's a crime film without sharp teeth, and it's a comedy without a sensitive funny bone. But it's perfectly watchable nonsense that's elevated by a gallery of very talented stars who all put on their costumes and roll up their sleeves. They all look like they had a hoot making the thing. And how refreshing to see a female gang boss who projects a real air of menace 
Judith Anderson was such an icy screen presence, wasn't she? But she obviously knew where her talents lay and she made the most of them. She is utterly brilliant in this. I love her so much. Likewise, Eric Bloor, even though he isn't in it for very long, will just put a smile on your face every time he walks on screen. I just adore him so much, as you will know if you're a long-time listener of this show. He is one of the greatest supporting players ever. In fact, I really must dedicate an entire show to him one day. So anyway, Lady Scarface, not a sequel by any means, more of a light parody of the gangster movie itself. Populated by some wonderful actors, it's one of those solid three-star movies that won't change your life, but it will certainly not disappoint you either. But if you thought that Lady Scarface sounded a bit mental, then the next film will blow your mind. As mentioned earlier, I also watched the film Just Imagine from 1930. In one sentence, this is a musical, romantic comedy, science fiction movie made in 1930, and set in the technologically advanced, radically futuristic world of 1980. Just imagine what a difference 50 years can make. Take a look at New York in 1880. What a peaceful scene. What calm dignity. What quaint charm. It is so quiet you can even hear the rustle of the bustle. In those days, they did not have electric lights, telephones, radios, wireless, automobiles, or airplanes. Just imagine, the people in 1880 thought they were the last word in speed. Take a look at the same spot today. Good old Fifth Avenue. Changed a bit, hasn't it? If the last 50 years made such a change, just imagine the New York of 1980, when everyone has a number instead of a name, and the government tells you whom you should marry. Just imagine 1980. Yes, this is a film that dares to speculate about what life was like in 1980. Apparently, we all flew around in mini private airplanes, and instead of names, we all had numbers like D6. Which obviously means that, according to the minds of 1930, there aren't that many humans around. <laughs> wow, what a film. Okay, so basically, the plot revolves around J-21, a future pilot who's in love with LN-18. But in the future, marriages are sanctioned by the Marriage Council, who've decreed that LN-18 shall marry MT-3. The only way that J-21 can overturn the court ruling is if he proves himself to be more distinguished than MT-3. While all this is happening, a deeply annoying man from 1930 who was killed by a bolt of lightning is resurrected by a doctor for no clear reason and must adjust to the futuristic world of 1980 with its flying cars and baby machines. No, seriously and cafes which dispense food and drink pills, it's awesome. So that's the way you eat now. I must admit that it satisfies me, but back in 1930, a meal was a meal. You could see the thick steak with the youth oozing out, and you could feel the cold cream going down. I don't know, boys. Give me the good old days. By the way, boys, what is the prohibition situation now? Well, it looks like in a year or two we're going to get light wines and beer. Ah, for heaven's sake, are they still saying that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I can fix you up if you'd like a little highball. Now you're coming right down my street. Here you are. What? More pills? <coughs> How was that? Not bad, not bad. But back in my time, we would get the big cold Steiner beer with the foam on the top. Ah, it was a pleasure. There was something to drinking then. I don't know, boys. Give me the good old days. We've been married a year now, dear. You think we're gonna fun? I think so, darling. What do you want, a boy or a girl? A boy.
Give me the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> So how does J21 choose to distinguish himself enough to marry LN18? By going to Mars, of course, where he meets a race of thuggish and racially suspect Martians who run around in nappies covered with jam jar lids. Uh, <laughs> I know, I think that about covers it all. The best thing about this film is that every now and then the cast break into song, which actually works really well. They seem to have really nailed the 1980s music vibe. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll play some of the actual hits of 1980, and you see if you can tell when I drop in some songs from the film. They're uncannily modern. There's something about an old-fashioned girl that brings back the long, long ago. It's such a mad film. What a mind-blowing thing to have made. A musical, romantic, comedy, science fiction film about a resurrected Swedish man who gets drunk on pills and helps a lovesick pilot capture a Martian so that he can be judged fit to marry the girl of his dreams. Try pitching that to Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) I have to say that I love the concept a lot more than I love the film, which is unfortunately baggy especially in its first half. This is an almost two-hour film, and over half of it is spent setting up the story. This in a time when entire movies were in and out by the 65-minute mark. By the 65-minute mark here, our lovers are still moping at the sky and crooning to each other. That said, there are some great gags, especially early on when annoying Swedish man begins to take in his new world. And I would be lying if I said I didn't find the whole thing rather enchanting. It's just so out there 
I mean, you watch it with a sort of horrified fascination. Did people really believe they'd be hovering to work by 1980? It's, it's funny to watch. It really is. I guess the parallel is Back to the Future Part 2. We hit 2015 and everyone asked where the hoverboards were. Well, there must have been people in 1980 who asked where their hover cars were. They actually got a surprising amount right, too. They got video phones and automatic doors right. Not much else, though, I'll be honest. <laughs> Definitely not the best film in the world, but if you want to see something completely unique and laugh-out-loud audacious, then definitely give it a spin. So, on to some radio entertainment for you then. This is something quite unlike anything I've ever played for you before. As I mentioned earlier, this is an episode of a show called X-1, a science fiction anthology show that really stood alone during the golden age of radio. The writing in particular was unique, as you'll hear for yourselves. Remember when you listened to this that this story was written in 1946 by Murray Leinster and was adapted here in 1955. Therefore, its predictions about future technologies are scarily accurate. If you're not a fan of science fiction, do give this one a try anyway. It's really quite something. This is a tale called A Logic Named Joe. I do hope you enjoy it, and I'll see you on the other side. Maybe. Tonight's story A Logic Named Joe by Murray Leinster. It was on the third day of August that Joe came off the assembly line. And on the fourth, Maureen came into town. And that afternoon, I saved civilization. Maureen is a blonde I was crazy about once, and Joe is a new 1974 model logic that I've got stored away down in the cellar. And how do I save civilization? You're listening now to a voice from the future. The voice of Frank Caldwell, head service man for the Logics Corporation, makers of the machine that does everything for you. Well, nearly everything anyway. The electronic logic. In the year we speak, 1974, no modern home was complete without one. And the logic sets were working so well that life was soft indeed for repairman Frank Caldwell. That is, until that fatal day of August the 3rd, when suddenly the logics began doing everything for their users and doing it too well. On the 3rd of August, there wasn't much doing, and I'm hanging around the boss's office smoking up his cigars. Frank, there's a customer outside. Go take care of him, will you? Me? I'm a maintenance man. Mr. Korlanovich wants to have logics explained to him. Explained? Where's he been, on Mars? I just moved up from the backwoods someplace. Well, why don't you explain him? Well, I, I don't feel too well. You were okay half an hour ago. Are you the boss here or am I? Go on out there, will you? Okay, okay. Oh, Mr. Korlanovich? Good morning. My name is Caldwell. Can I help you? Oh, thank you, Mr. Caldwell. This is my little boy, Freddie. Hiya, jerk! Oh, Freddy, how many times have I got to tell you not to kick people in the shins? Excuse it, please, Mr. Caldwell. Oh, sure, sure, just a kid. I got an iPhone, could cut you into little pieces. Please, Freddy. Uh, uh, we'd like to buy a logic, Mr. Caldwell. The gentleman we spoke to first said he had to leave in a hurry. I'll fix him. Well, I understand that you're not acquainted with logics, Mr. Kolanovich. That's right. We just moved to the city. Uh-huh. My wife, uh, she saw everybody else had a logic, and... You know how women no, are. Oh, you bet. Well, you can't get along without a logic in this day and age, Mr. Kolanovich. Look, I got a snake. You want to see? Well, you shut that. Uh, now, about the logic. Here, I'll just plug in this one right here. Now, you see, the logic looks kind of like an old-fashioned television set. Only it's got keys instead of dials. Now, a lot of the keys are standard, like uh, the television stations, the news, the stock market quotes, and so on. Now, of course, if you want to talk to somebody... You just punch the number of his logic. It's, it's like making an old-fashioned phone call. But there can't be keys for everything. Oh, no, 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 no. Now, let, let, let's say that you want to ask a question, like uh, what to take for a sore throat, or uh, who won the American League pennant in 1911. You turn on the logic, 
Then you just punch the question key and ask, like this. Who was the first president of the United States? George Washington. There, you see. But I already knew that. Well, of course, that, that was just a sample. Uh, I, I got a little store. Will it keep books for me? It will keep your books, record your contracts, serve as a filing system, and check up on what happened to your lawyer's last client. Anything. Hey, they're really something, these things. 10,000 services and information sources in one. Read our advertising. What I want to know, Mr. Caldwell, how do these logics work? Of course. Now, you saw that big building across the street? Sure. Well, that's one of the relay tanks. You see, there are a dozen of them all around the country, and they're all hooked up together. And there's a data plate in one of those tanks for every fact in creation. Anything that you want to see or hear, you just punch for it. And the logic gives you the answer. Hey, listen. Could I ask this thing how to make dart poison? How to make what? Dart poison. Like in Africa. I could shoot the darts through my bean shooter. Maybe. I think maybe we'd better not get one of these things. Oh, no, 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 no. It's perfectly all right, Mr. Kolonovich. The logic won't tell you that. I bet it will. I'm going to try it. Hey, how do you make dart poison? Policy forbids this service. Oh, what'd it do that for? Kind of some little brat. Uh, because some people might ask things that aren't good for them. Listen, I don't like this here one. I want that one over there. The kid, they're all alike. I want that one. If I can't have that one, I'm going to hold my breath till I'm dead. Well, I got a lot of time. It's no use, Mr. Caldwell. You might as well give him the one he wants. But look, kid, they're so much alike that even I can't tell them apart. I can. I want Joe. Joe? Who's Joe. I guess he means the logic, Mr. Caldwell. He has to think up a name to call everything. You should hear some of the names he calls me. Not till I'm 21. I promised Mother. Okay, so we call him Joe, but them things are all alike to one ten-thousandth of an inch. I don't care. I bet he'll teach me how to make dart poison. <sighs> okay, then. Come on, Joe. <laughs> So he keeps yelling, I want that one. I want that one. I'm going to call him Joe. Mike, I tell you, I could have wrung his neck. How many cards? Uh, I'll draw two. What a holy terror. He had his father scared to death. It's too bad that kid ain't mine. I'd show him quick enough who was boss in the family. Uh-oh, holy smoke. What's the matter? I'm sorry, fellas. I got to hold up the hand a minute. I just remembered. Oh, I got to call my wife. Oh, let her wait. You ever met my wife? Hey, what's the matter with this thing? It ain't getting my house. Announcing new and improved logic service. Hmm? Your logic is now equipped to give not only consultive, but directive advice. Hmm? If you want to do something and don't know how to do it, ask your logic. Hey, did you guys hear that? Well, they should have told us about this. Oh, it's just somebody trying to pull a gag. Well, it didn't sound like a gag to me. Well, maybe the boss decided to add a new logic service. Look, the minute the system starts giving advice, some joker like you is going to be asking questions like, uh, how do I get rid of my wife? Oh, no. The boss knows better than to start anything like that. Yeah, but you heard what the logic just said. Oh, listen, the sensor circuits will block the question. If you don't believe me, go ahead and try it. Well, anything for a gag. Okay, logic, I got a question for you. How do I get rid of my wife? Service question. Is your wife blonde or brunette? You guys hear that? Uh, she's a blonde. Exicrylobinatine is a constituent of green shoe polish. Take home a frozen meal containing pea soup. Color the soup with green shoe polish. This poison is fatal to blonde females only. This fact is a product of logic service. You cannot be convicted of murder. It is improbable that you will be suspected. The saints preserve us. That's bound to be right. These things can't make a mistake. Well, Mike, don't just stand there. Check the sensor circuits quick. Oh, we can't get to them. They're all sealed up. It's supposed to be impossible for them to go out of order. Well, they're out of order now. And I got a feeling that some awful things are going to happen. Oh, 
boss, we've got to do something. The logics have gone nuts. Now, relax. The thing gave a goofy answer once. Maybe it was a joke. But... It was an accident. Now, forget it. It won't happen again. What makes you so sure? People are going to be trying it. Look, look, supposing I wanted to get rid of you, for instance. You don't. How would you collect your pants? I know, but just supposing. Now, look, we'll try it. If you want to do something and don't know how, ask your logic. How do I bump off my boss? Male, fat, bald-headed, and 45. Uh. Make some chocolate ice cream containing powdered charcoal in place of half the chocolate. Use Hotso brand charcoal. Hotso contains an ingredient fatal only to fat, bald-headed males. This fact is the product of logic service. Uh, now, now, look, Frank, I admit these things have gone a little wacky, but there's nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about? If this keeps up, what do you bet that we'll have to shut down the company? You kidding? We can't shut down the company, and you know it. Logics have taken the place of everything but night baseball. We shut them down, we go back to a civilization that we've forgotten how to run. Yes, but, boss, there's no telling what they'll do. Listen, now, you've asked these questions for a gag. Nobody's going to ask them seriously. What you need is a little faith in human nature. Excuse me, it's probably my wife. Clarence, dear, how do you feel? Why, just fine, sweetheart. What have you been doing? I just called to tell you, Cyrus. I've got your favorite dessert for dinner. Uh, uh, dessert? What kind? Homemade chocolate ice cream. Cyrus, when you taste it, you'll just die. <clears throat> Chocolate ice cream. Oh, look, uh, this, this can't be happening. Why, this, this is awful. These logics are dangerous. Have a little faith in human nature. Now, Cornwell, you're the head of the maintenance crew. I'll give you 24 hours to fix these logics or you're fired. Well, now, look, boss. What I are you mean... standing there for? Get in the service car. Get moving. Where? Where? Anywhere. Find out what the logics are up to and see that you find out before the logics do. <laughs> Bartender, bartender, give me a double. Last night, uh, have a little drink, pal. What's the matter, pal? You had a bad day? Oh, excuse me, bud. Listen, pal, you gotta listen. I got troubles. Bartender, will you get this bar fly off of me? On your waist. Oh, don't, don't, don't say that. I got troubles. How am I gonna keep my wife from finding out I had a couple of little drinks? How am I gonna do it, huh? Look, mister, it's a hot day, and I've been driving a car around in it, see? And I've been trying to keep a bank president from having apoplexy on account of his logic told him how to rob his own bank. I've been trying to stop six-year-olds from asking what comes after the bees and the flowers and their fathers from asking how to get a million dollars by tomorrow. I've been tripping over dead bodies so artistically croaked that nobody's ever going to find out who done it. And all you got on your mind is how you... How am I going to keep my wife from finding out I've been drinking? Dry up, will you? Go ask a logic. My pal, my boy. Where's the logic? Where's that logic? Here, right behind you. Here, here's a nickel. That's what I got to hear. Now, come on, logic, old pal. Old pal, be nice. How does a guy keep his wife from finding out he's had a couple of little drinks? Answer me that, huh? Buy a bottle of Franine hair shampoo. It is harmless, but contains an ingredient which instantly neutralizes alcohol. One teaspoonful for each jigger you have consumed. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Gotta buy a bottle of... Gotta buy a bottle of... Uh, what was that again? Supposing it's right, you'll never remember it as far as the drugstore. I think there's a bottle in the back room. Somebody left it. Oh, my pal. Oh, my boy. No more trouble. You'll just show me the way it goes. <laughs> I got a picture of him back there drinking that shampoo. Yeah. Give me another double. Uh, I don't know what's worse, to be as low as you or as high as him. I know he's here. Where is that bum? What do you want, lady? My husband. I know he's here. Where is he? That's him, that no-good louse. I'll show him. <laughs> Thinks he's coming home staggering again, does he? Well, I'll teach him. That poor guy. Why, my dear, what a surprise to see you here. Archibald, you're sober. Of course, my love. I'm sober as a judge. Then what are you doing in a saloon? Your suspicion wounds me deeply, my love. Let me tell you, my dear, that I have been conducting a research project that is going to make us a fortune. I'm going to patent soba, the drink that makes happy homes. Look at this blotter, Caldwell. Blank. The 
greatest crime wave in history, and we can't even make an arrest. They're all perfect crimes, thanks to the logic. But, Sergeant, we're doing our best to find out. Well, that's not good enough. You can't find out what's back of this. Shut down the company. Unless the police department will. Well, nobody is back of it. The logics run themselves. They pick their own circuits automatically. Ah, you mean they're, they're doing all this by themselves? Sure. We always knew they could do a lot more things than, than we knew about. I think they're just trying to be helpful, that's all. That's all, huh? Well, you better make them cut out the tricks, including this new business they're up to now. What new business? Just started an hour ago. Every time you turn on a logic, it asks your name, and then it spills out the whole history of your life. What? I haven't heard about that. Well, what to do that for? You tell me. Go on, go ahead, try it. Okay. What is your name? Why do you like that? I'm Frank Caldwell. Frank Caldwell. Were you ever called Ducky? Ducky? Wow. Lay you off, will you, fellow? What if I was? It's been years. Ducky, there is a call for you. Hello, Ducky. Holy cats. Lorraine. Ducky, darling, how marvelous. Hey, let me get a look. Gosh, Lorraine, where are you? I'm in a hotel. I just got into town. Oh, Ducky, wasn't it smart of the logic to find you? The logic? To find me? I asked it how to find Ducky. You must have an unlisted number, darling. You're not in the directory. Well, uh, gee, uh, how have you been, Lorene, since, since I saw you last? I, I heard you got married. You won't believe me, Ducky, I know, but I've had four husbands, and I've never loved anybody as much as I love you. You've divorced four husbands? Three. The last one, um, died unexpectedly. Oh, who unexpected it? He did. But the jury acquitted me, Ducky. They knew it was just a little old accident. So now I'm free again. And we got lots of things to talk over. You come right on over here, Ducky. In. Oh, well, Lorraine, I'm, uh, I'm working, you see, and I'll, uh, I'll call you back. All right. Oh, my back. What am I going to do? Do like you were telling me a while ago. Huh? <laughs> Calm yourself, ducky. Call on the logic for you, Frank, your wife. Oh, thanks, Mike. Hi, Gerd. I've been out making calls, honey, trying to find out what ails these logics. Well, you better find out in a hurry or there's going to be trouble. Now, now, look good. Now, just take it easy, Frank huh? Frank Caldwell, you can't let this happen to me. They're asking everybody's name. And when you tell your name, it reels off your whole history. Well, honey, I don't think they're doing that anymore. I think that was just, just temporary. Well, in the meantime, it's told everybody in the neighborhood all about me. I punched Mrs. Hudson's name. She's been married three times, and she's had Mr. Hudson arrested twice for non-support and once for beating her up. It'll tell anybody anything. Yeah, but look good. I'll tell you. Oh, honey, you don't mean that. I do. If you can't figure out how to keep our private lives out of every logic in town, then I'm through, and that settles it. I can't even budge any of these relay plates. Yeah, me either. Isn't there some way we can disconnect them? Nope, there is not. They weren't built to be disconnected. The sensor circuits were supposed to take care of cutting them off. Now, see who that's for, Frank. Hello, Ducky, darling. Oh, Lorene, not again. Ducky, darling. I'm so lonesome. Why haven't you come over? Well, I... I've been busy. Oh. Look, Lorene. It's all arranged, darling. I'll just call up your wife and have a little talk. No, now, please, Lorene. I mean, it's nice of you to think of me and all, but I... Yeah, you, you just give me your address and your logic number, darling. Uh, I haven't got one. Never mind, darling. The logic will find out for me. Lorene. Lorene? Hey, Frank, will you get away from that thing and give me a hand? Yes, Mike, in a minute. First, I've got to call my wife. No. We've got to get out of town. Oh, Lord, I made a, a mistake. 
Frank, you're supposed to be helping Mike. Yeah, I am, boss. I am, but I've got to make this call. Call? What do I care about your call? The president's getting ready to close down the company and declare martial law. Now, for the love of heaven, do something. Yes, boss, I will. I will. I've just got to make this one call before the logics get on my trail. To assist in solving a special problem of logic service, kindly give the following information if possible. Where does Frank Caldwell live? They got me. I'm through. <laughs> Look, Gert, will you please not ask any more questions? Frank Caldwell, I told you I was leaving you. Honey, leave me later. Right now, will you pack up yourself and the kids? we got to get out of here. But what is all this? Uh, are the cops after you or something? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it, the cops. Now, get moving, honey, will you? And will you get away from that logic? Uh, but don't you think we ought to hear the police call? 27 and car 31. Detailed to round up all employees of the logics company. Use caution. They are suspected of sedition. Holy smoke, the cops are after me. But you Car just said 17. they were. Car 17, proceed to vicinity of 119 East 7th Street. Child terrorizing neighborhood. Use extreme caution. Child is armed with bean shooter using poison darts. Freddy. Who's Freddy? Something I met once in a horrible nightmare. He wanted a logic that would tell him how to make dart poison. They're all alike, I kept telling him. They're all alike. What are you talking about? Oh, I don't know, Gert. All I know is it was a nice world up to yesterday. Now it's, it's, it's like a guy named Joe come along and squashed all our mud pies for us. Looks to me more like it was a logic named Joe. What? What'd you say? A logic named Joe. A logic name? But they're all alike. Good, good baby. <laughs> Frank, Frank, let me go. Don't be so silly. All right, honey, look, you hold the fort. Maybe they aren't all alike. Where are you going? Frank, are you going to make a getaway? Getaway, baby. If you've got the right inspiration, I'm going straight to the middle of this whole jamboree. Yes? Oh. I was hoping it was the police. You remember me, Mr. Kolonovich? Caldwell of the Logics Company? Logics Company? I wish the Logics Company was at the bottom of the ocean. I don't blame you, believe me. Now, where's your logic? In here. I'd smash it into a million pieces if... I wasn't afraid of what Freddy would do to All me. Right, look, just, just get out of the way, will you? I've got business with Joe. If you want to do something and don't know how, ask your logic. Oh, we're back to that routine, hmm? Well, I want to do something, all right. Can a logic be modified to achieve correlations for which human brains are too limited? Yes. How great will the modifications be? Microscopically slight. Changes in dimension not detectable even by precision gauges. They can come about only through an extremely improbable accident. And what would this super logic then be able to do? Come on, you, spill it. It could set up entire new combinations of electronic relays, which would bypass the normal sensor blocks, thereby enabling it to perform valuable new services, including the giving of helpful advice on any human problem. Uh-huh. And has this accident ever happened? Come on, come on. It has happened only once in the case of the logic now owned by the Kolonovich family of 119 East 7th Street. A logic named Joe. Thanks, Joe. That's all I wanted to know. Hey, what's all that about? I'm taking this logic away, Mr. Kolonovich. I'll bring you a new one, and our troubles are all over. Hey, you, get away from Joe. Correction, our troubles are just beginning. Freddy, put down that blowgun. Oh, shut up. Hey, you, I said get away from the logic. Look, look, Freddy, I'm going to bring you a nice new one, see? I want that one. Get your mitts off it. But I got Miss Bean Shooter ain't lemonade. Mr. Caldwell? Mr. Caldwell, the police, they're outside. Yeah, for me and Freddy... Nuts. What they want you for? You ain't smart enough to do nothing. Oh, no? Hey, there's plenty I could tell you. There's the cops, kid. It's you and me against them. So what you gonna do about it if you're so smart? Now, look, we may have to fight our way out. 
Let me see that blowgun. I know a way to hop it up so the cops won't have a chance. Now, come on, come on, give it to me. Okay, let's see what you can do. Here. Thanks. Here. Mr. Caldwell, you're a great man. Now all I got left to do is pull this plug out of the wall. Come right in, Sergeant. Well, that must be the kid. He don't look so tough to me. Well, he just got a little softening. There'll be no more complaints, officer. I guess I can go on where Mr. Caldwell left off. Caldwell? Hey, you wanted... Now, look, I just came to pick up this busted logic. I don't know a thing. You said that before. Come on, you're going to the cooler. Let's go. Wait a minute. You act like you wanted to go to jail. Well, just till a certain party leaves town. I, uh, get a feeling it's safer. Okay, then, Caldwell, into the paddy wagon you go. Thanks, officer. You may be saving my life. Now, if you'll just help me carry this logic out. Wait a minute. You, uh, you can't take that in the wagon. I can't? Why not? There's no room. You already got a dame in there who's raising the roof. A dame? Yeah, a blonde. Plain clothesman picked her up trying to buy a gun without a permit. She keeps screaming she's gonna... Miss her date with the ducky. And that was the brilliant A Logic Named Joe from X-1. Well worth seeking out for yourself if you're a sci-fi fan. Head on over to dieselpunkindustries.com. They have all the episodes there for you to enjoy. Anyway, thank you so much for joining me this week. I'll be back with you next week. Remember to throw a question into the question pot. And if you aren't a patron yet, then keep listening for details on how to become one. Until then, take superb care of yourselves. And bye for now. If you'd like to support this show, you can do so by going to www.attaboyclarence.com and clicking on the Patreon banner. Pledges start from as little as $1 a month. And in return, you'll receive exclusive emails, bonus episodes, previews, and ebooks. And every dollar pledged goes towards making these shows better and more frequent. Go to www.attaboyclarence.com or click the link in the show notes now to become a patron. Thank you. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.